Uh, I'm looking through the book. For those of you on the radio who can't see, I am looking, I am leafing through a large book with words in it. Come on, all right, a lot of S songs. Never get out of the S section. Okay. Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Billy Joel, he wrote so many songs, some fast, some slow, and some go on too long. All the hits and hidden gems, even the turds, it ends at seat not A, with your friends Elon and Dave. everyone and welcome to an unprecedented edition of Billy Joel A to Z. I am Dave Juskow and I am here with my friend and co-host of the podcast, Alon Altman. And today we've decided to take a break from our songs beginning with the letter S and do a wrap up at the halfway point as there are 19 songs in the S category. Since we love wrapping up every letter and quite frankly, just plain talking, whether it be about Billy Joel or the Simpsons, why not? And even though two of our listeners might enjoy a three-hour wrap-up, like a Catalina or something, the internet gods have told us that's a no-no. So between rankings and other S songs and listener feedback, our part two S wrap-up should come in under a cozy two hours. Uh, That all being said, (laughs) let's get it together. And today we will talk about these lovely songs that begin with the letter S. Oh, 
life herself She can wait if she wants She's ahead of her time She's got a way But there doesn't have to be a reason anyway Turn on the Christmas lights This baby's coming home tonight I can hear footsteps in the streets Turn the cold music higher I'm a word upon the fire That should make the atmosphere Nice to see you today. Nice to see you too, Dave. Yes. So we decided to, we talked about it for a while because, you know, we were like, you know, as you know, we've had so many letters that just have a couple of songs or like, well, let's get to the meat of a a bunch of songs. Cause it seemed really, it seemed like for a while, it was just me and Alan talking about the Simpsons and like we weren't talking about any songs because there was just, there was a guest and there was this and there was that. So we were questioning and then we realized well, we don't really play the song. So what's the big deal if we have a wrap up? I mean, this is what we do anyway. All the songs are really just us talking. We're not we don't play the song. So there's not like we're lacking any music. Yeah, right. And look, I mean, if we did a wrap up of 19 songs plus unreleased song all in one, it would be what would we have? We'd be like, OK, so here's scenes from an Italian restaurant. We're going to devote 24 seconds to it. <laughs> right. Rapid fire ground. Go. Right. So he, and so here's what we've uh, just a little house cleaning before we go on. Here's what we've decided to do for the final letters of the alphabet. As we wrap up our journey, which is a sad thing. And obviously we're trying to keep it going because we love doing the podcast. We love uh, you guys and we love bringing it to you. So obviously we'll uh, complete the S songs when we get, we made a a little uh, executive decision on this. When we get to summer Highland falls, that will complete the turnstiles album and we have decided after each song where we complete an album we will do 
an album wrap-up. Perhaps invite one of our friends from the the entertainment business uh, to join us. Uh, that's the Godfather, but uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> our friends from the movie business to join us. Well, we're hoping maybe we're just saying it right here. We haven't asked him yet, but maybe Paul Lauren will join us for maybe all the album wrap-ups, being a musician and knowing everything Billy Joel. But uh, that is our plan, and then we will continue the finish the S songs, which is it's only one, so it's a little awkward. That's why it was. Like, should we do it there or should we just finish the S? But this is the way we've decided to do it. Right, Alon? Yeah. And our decisions are never wrong. That's why we have all the the's coming up, <laughs> the T's. So know, you know this what? is one that we'll regret also. But for now, this is the plan. So perhaps, deal with it, everyone. Perhaps we should have polled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. And then we'll have our, our guest. And then we will have the S wrap up part two, which will include all of our rankings of all 19 S songs, the songs that Billy has recorded but not written a preview of the T-Songs, and, of course, talking about our S guest and listener and all the stuff we were doing today. Yeah, we were just trying to uh, keep it all together and cohesive and make it good for you guys. So, again, you don't. nobody has time to listen to three hours. Even Catalina goes to college and doesn't have that kind of time. Sure, you can do it in pieces, but by the time you're uh, halfway through, we have another podcast coming out. Come on. Yeah, we don't want our listeners to flunk out of college. That's not what we're that's not our goal here. Yeah, you don't want to end up like me, do you? Flunking out and then teaching a class. <laughs> <laughs> you found the back door way in. I sure did. Kids, you can do that too. Say goodbye to Hollywood. Say goodbye, my baby. All right, so we opened our S songs with Say Goodbye to Hollywood, which uh, I think we all decided was a pretty good one. Oh, more than pretty good. I thought it was one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. I have other ones that I like better, but I do. I actually uh, think I really like the Ronnie Spector one more. I just keep thinking about how cute she is and I and, and, and how her cuteness fits her voice. And so I prefer that version more than the Billy Joel one. Not for me, man. I think Billy, especially doing it live, like the songs in the attic version. I just love the energy of this song. It really makes me happy. We didn't have a lot of listener comments on this song, except Italian Stallion Al did mention that he loved my Sega Genesis parody, which I was surprised about because I feel like Al is a, maybe close to your demographic. I feel like Sega, he was a little bit too old for that, but maybe for his kids. Maybe he remembers his kids playing it. Oh. Well, I don't remember it anyway. I was naming all the classic Sega Genesis songs. How can you not remember? <laughs> After that, we had Scandinavian Skies, which is weird because this show that we do, this Billy Joel A to Z, is so funny because I've never been singing Scandinavian Skies around the house. And now I think about it a lot and I'll walk around. I, I think I was on 16th Street or something. I was walking home one day and I go, oh, and I'm like, where is that coming from? That's not in my head repertoire. I, I just want to imagine you doing that out loud and not just in your head. You're just walking down Sixth Avenue, you're like, whoa. Kids right. are running away like you're a ghost. Well, that's the <laughs> well, that's the thing in New York City. That's not even weird. Yeah. And there'll be someone who'd be like, is that guy moaning Scandinavian skies? Uh, <laughs> sometimes I do the. Uh, this is a flight to London from where <laughs> I do that in my head too. I hope you do it in the other language. Yeah, I don't. 
Yeah. <laughs> I guess I maybe I like that song more than I thought if it stuck with me a little bit, you know, just a little bit. All these songs stick a little bit. I go through them in my head. Obviously, we're full of Billy Joel information now more than ever. So that yeah, that's a I've been walking a lot. I've been doing these five mile walks. So a lot of them stick in my head, although I don't like wouldn't want to hear it on my walks. Scandinavian skies. I don't want to hear it in the car. I just think about it more lately. It's not a it's not a horrible song. It's a yeah. weird one because that's what Billy Joel says. <laughs> it certainly is. And maybe one of the reasons why it's familiar to you. Two of our listeners mentioned things that it sounded like Steve Hickman said that the drum backing track is reminiscent of ABBA's song Soldiers. Do you know that song? I don't. I, mean, I don't know. Sure I don't think I know awesome it either. Because they're great. And they're Scandinavian. So maybe it would make sense. He says it was recorded oh. a few months before this song. So maybe Billy heard it. And oh, said, uh-huh. that's, in, that's really interesting. Wow. That's Steve Hickman's. All right. Yeah. And then <laughs> Greg Jacks said that the intro beat by Liberty is Liberty doing his best 50 ways to leave your lover. Oh, yes. You know, as soon as you said that, that made sense to me because I know that song, obviously. Oh, that's interesting. Wow, I can see that immediately. Immediately it came to me. Yes, that's where I know that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And and it's because it is kind of a it's funny that this I don't know what the song Abba Soldiers is, but it does seem like kind of a soldier beat to it in a way. Yeah, it's definitely a a marching. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess we had mentioned the movie Cold Turkey in this episode. Oh, is that the episode? Yes. With Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. So 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 button comics said that Cold Turkey was Norman Lear's only theatrical film and that the plot of it was that the town would get $25 million if they quit smoking for one month. Oh, for one month. Okay. And the whole town get, okay. Thank you. Yeah. I, re- I remember that was off the top of my head where I was like, I remember the movie Cold Turkey, but I, you know, so little when it, I mean, the fact that we had to go see movies like that as kids, they just didn't have kids movies. And if they did, most of them sucked except for like Willy Wonka. Um, you know, yeah, just had to go to adult movies, but this had a good message, right? Because it was teaching kids to don't smoke for a month. Yeah, it was a good message. It was an excellent message. But for some reason, it's just clearly e- executed very poorly by, I guess, a television director that knew nothing about film. <laughs> So let's just move on to this other song that nobody ever speaks about called Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. That's Scones from an Italian Restaurant. (laughs) Our double episode. We had to make that a two-parter. I remember uh, Catalina had uh, DM'd me and said, oh, my God, I was hoping this would be two parts. So uh, I'm glad we did it that way, too. Certainly, there was a lot to talk about. Certainly, if you do a Billy Joel A to Z podcast, and if you don't make that a two-parter with, you know, a seven-minute song and the two parts, you're, you're dopes. Uh, you know, yeah. if we if we can make Scandinavian Skies a 40 minute podcast and Steens from an Italian restaurant is like 20 minutes, we've done something horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a fun one. That was a fun one. I you know, a lot of people were a lot of people were discussing, obviously, who is at the restaurant. And a lot of people thought 
some some people we've changed their minds. As mm-hmm. Most people, a lot of people thought it was Brendan Eddy. And, uh, you know, I've always said it was a third party. And uh, we've we've changed people's minds to go both ways. <laughs> like people are but yeah. people are rethinking it, which was fun. That's the fun of a song in general and doing the podcast to, you know, discuss and talk about it until we hear from Billy Joel, which at the point where he says it, he could be made it up at this point. We don't even know it. It's funny that a song that's so well known and seems so straightforward has these two big question marks, which are who is talking about it? Is it Brenda and Eddie or is it not? And how long was this marriage? Was it just the summer of 75 or was it somehow spread out over more time? And he don't take it so literally what he's saying. So fascinating. A lot when you pointed that out. So fascinating. I now I listen to the song again and I'm like, yeah, wait a minute. How long was this marriage? Now it's really bothering me that part but i still believe it's a third party because that's i have to believe that because otherwise this eddie is such a dick <laughs> like that's that's what i'm looking at like yeah i got a brand new wife she's so much hotter than you i got this awesome family it's so much better than being married to you so i have to think it's a third party because otherwise i'm i hate this song because <laughs> then all yeah. of a sudden eddie is just the worst person because you know brenda has no rebuttal in the song oh really well i'm dating a better guy and he's uh like a he works on wall street he's cool she doesn't respond yeah we, we don't know what's up with brenda at this point in time we know that yeah eddie's got this great family and uh which and if it is eddie talking then he's not just a dick in that kind of way but he's also a dick to his family because yeah he's, he's meeting like, yeah, with his old girlfriend so his, i got i got wife. this great i got this great new wife and stuff so anyway you want to go to the village green behind the back and make out a little bit yeah exactly so it's got to be a third party talking about. It. I mean, it has to be. Otherwise, Eddie is such a dick. He doesn't deserve this song. Yeah, I kind of liken that to that scene in uh, in in this movie, this Woody Allen movie called Broadway Danny Rose, which I made you watch uh, the other day, where yeah. where these com- this one comic, which is Jack Klompus <laughs> from Seinfeld, is telling the story about Danny Rose. If you ever see this movie, the opening scene, they're all these comics are at the Carnegie Deli and one of them is telling a story. I have the Danny Rose story. Now, this is the Lou Canova story. And he's telling the story. This is the way I picture scenes from an Italian restaurant speaking about Brenda and Eddie. And if you watch this movie, I think you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The opening scene. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Yeah. So what were some of the comments? I'm assuming people did not care for scenes from an Italian restaurant. No, they loved it. They loved the episode. Jesse Thomas Brown said we hit it out of the park with this one. Oh, good. Slew Ellen mentioned that the timeline confuses the hell out of her. Yeah. She tends to think that it's supposed to be a couple of years that their marriage lasted um, and not literally one summer. It's just that it unravels that that way. It obviously has. You're correct on what you're saying. But in our heads, you you've ruined the song for us, Alana. I hope you're happy. We it has to be a couple of years. It has to be because the song just doesn't work otherwise. Yeah. Well, look, I don't know. I mean, you wouldn't think Billy would mess something like this up. And uh, obviously, like we said, he could have made this. They had it already by the winter of 75. And that would have solved the problem. But he didn't do that. Yeah. Oh, cinema. Here's a fun name. Cinema Craptaculus. <laughs> That'll be a fun one to say. Cinema Craptaculous wonders, uh, you know, Billy Joel likes to put sound effects into songs, but he wasn't really doing it during The Stranger. He does. 
But if this had been written, let's say a couple of years later when he was more in his sound effect phase, like what would the song have been like? Would he have thrown in some like crowded restaurant noises? Oh my God, you're plates so clanking. Right. Listen, craptacular. Uh, you are so <laughs> right on that. There would definitely be, it would have definitely opened with a crowded restaurant. That's so funny. Probably would have ruined the song. Yeah, he would have had like the, the waiter calling out, oh, it's Brendan Eddie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I only speak up with the broken English. <laughs> I have a great table for you right by the street. <laughs> oh, good call on that one. That's an excellent <laughs> comment. Shades of gray, wherever I go, the more I find out, the less that I know. So our next song is Shades of Gray. I have no comments on that song whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't like it that much. It's not, I mean, after scenes from an Italian restaurant and all the other, look at all the other S's that we're going to be talking about today. This song yeah. is not one of the best. This song falls through the cracks. It definitely does. I did like listening to it, though. I still have it. This is one of those that I have in my head. Like you have Scandinavian skies. I think of Shades of Gray a lot. You know, the, 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 the opening, the awful opening. Bop. Ba, ba, ba. Isn't that the one? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The Bapas and oh. Shades of Grey, wherever I go. Are <laughs> hey, you doing that? Was that was that guy from American Idol? You said Scotty what? Scotty McCreary, super deep. <laughs> Shades of Grey. <laughs> he could have made a country version of this. Turn the lights down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goes to me. I can blink it. <laughs> I can't even go deep like this guy. <laughs> that works for me as good as December song when you do that one. So. Listen, when we get to the W's, we have to do a whole episode on Wink and Blinkin'. <laughs> I'm all in on that one. Rose M. Harmon actually says she likes Shades of Grey a lot more than we do. So not everyone dislikes the song. Well, that's all. The, that's always the way it's going to be. There's always going to be people that definitely like the song. I mean, he's Billy Joel, and he sold many albums. There, <laughs> there has to be some discrepancy between people that like whatever they like. Yeah, and two of our listeners again really enjoy uh, elements of the song. For example, Glenn Fug said that Liberty's drumming is excellent in this oh, song, nice. and Bu Two Believe agrees with that and said that they love uh, Liberty's two four timing. Hmm. Whatever he's doing in this song, it's working for these people. Well, that, I think that's what we discuss is that if those Bob Bob Bobs weren't in and were so, as we called them, I believe, jarring, the song works in that way. But they're, they're so uncomfortable. And for me, it, it ruins the song. It's almost like the French again in Sete Toir. I don't you know, the, 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 the effects. It's like having a sound effect in there that's bothering me. Yeah, it's like the first time you hear it, you're like, wait, is he kidding? Is this going to be the thing? Yeah. Exactly. So let's move on to Shameless. Shameless. Now, my guess, and I don't know, is that I got a lot of shit for making fun of country music, just probably because I don't understand it. I'm guessing. You got, a, you got a little bit of shit for that. I went a little hard on that, and I apologize for that. I'm sure that um, country music has some value <laughs> yeah well jordan ferber pointed out that like he said don't write off all of country music because remember like guys like johnny cash and willie nelson that's also country music but i don't care for them i'm okay. not writing it <laughs> off i just don't like them yeah and i mean nobody doesn't like willie nelson i like i like willie nelson 
I, I don't, I never cared for Johnny Cash. I don't care. He's like the Johnny McCreary of uh, <laughs> whatever, but, <laughs> but I respect Johnny Cash for who he was and what he does and, you know, his staying power, the fact that he would perform in prisons, Jesus Christ, you know, and the fact that he does the end theme song to the Roblo movie illegally yours. Uh, I really? spoke about this on my podcast. It, it is this horrible movie, which I just saw recently directed by Peter Bogdanovich. <laughs> and for some reason, Johnny Cash does the theme. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> How did they get Johnny Cash? And it is he's doing like an 80s theme like this. Johnny Cash should not be singing this song. I think it's Johnny and Roseanne Cash. And it's just not in Johnny's. It's embarrassing for him. It's like he's singing Modern Woman. Exactly. You just put it fucking perfectly. Yes. <laughs> yes. I fell into a burning modern woman. You wish it was like that. No, it's quick. It's just like my you want me to play it for you now? Yeah. You won't believe this. Love is a gambler with your heart. Love is a rambler from the start. And the hottest fire you know is in the flame of a lover's glow. And there's a chance when you play with fire sometimes you might get burned love is a gambler love is a gambler lady luck is always there when the wheel is turned you see it right <laughs> well, you can feel just like a child when you fall in love the funny thing is he actually does a version with his with that's the one with his daughter that's much better Oh. That, that isn't made for an 80s movie. Love is a gambler with your heart. Love is a rambler from the start. And the hottest fire you'll know is in the flame of a lover's glow. And there's a real good chance when you play with fire, sometimes you might get burned. Love is a gambler, love is a gambler. Lady luck is always there when the wheel is turned. You can feel just like a child when you fall in love. What do you think? Yeah, it's weird. I, I mean, I kind of like it, um, but I do picture him singing this like in a Las Vegas review with showgirls behind him. Exactly. It do, it's just it's a great song. It's just not Johnny Cash. And especially when he goes to the high notes. Yeah, <laughs> it's not right. But the Roseanne Cash one is fun because when, you know, the uh, backup uh, is good, I, I that I prefer. And it sounds more country. Yeah. You know, it's weird. There's a section in the middle of it that sounds like everybody has a dream by Billy Joel. Oh, uh, like a part of it. It has a very similar thing. And the opening lines, I can't put my finger on it, but it sounds just like some other song. And I can't well, picture it. Is it Billy Joel or is it someone else? The problem is, is that everyone had to go through the 80s and they had to get out. I mean, Don Henley talks about this all the time. He sums up the 80s. He goes, what are you going to do? You had to make music videos. And you had to do what you had to do. We just had to go yeah. through it. Like he says that in like 92. He's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> It's like everybody had to go through the 80s. And as we know, Billy Joel had his moment and so did Johnny Cash. It's what killed him. It was a great time to live in (laughs) because everything was hilarious. Everything, the music, the fashion, even the president of the United States. 
nonstop laughs. So before we get off of Shameless, we did, of course, our friend uh, Steve Hickman always has to give us a snooker story. (laughs) (laughs) This one was just gratuitous because it had nothing to do with the song Shameless. He just put it in the comments. I'm not going to tell the story here. You guys can go to our Instagram and read the comments under Shameless. It's a funny story, but it's about uh, Paul Young's plumptuous bread pudding. It just sounds so British because well, we were doing every time you go. So he was talking about Paul Young. So, oh, I thought Paul Young was a snooker player. That's the guy. No, who no, sang Paul that. Young was the <laughs> thing we played that that he's more famous for doing every time you go than Hall and Oates are. Oh, so this is not a snooker story. It's just about Paul Young and his plumptuous bread pudding. Yes. OK. Yeah. That awesome song. I really like that song and I hate the Hall and Oates version. It's. It's un- it, it's exactly what we were talking about, about Shameless. I'm pretty sure Holonos do it that way now if they do it. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. Oh, and I just I just figured out what Billy Joel song, that Johnny Cash song reminds me of. And there's no way that this was taken because it sounds to me like only a man, which is one of those unreleased ones that we did. Yeah. Something about the rhyme scheme or the I don't know what it is, the rhythm of those opening lines, the verses. And you're a man. That's not how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a very Beatlesy song, but the way he wrote the lyrics and the way it flows reminds me a lot of that Johnny Cash song for some reason. Let's just also be clear again that Johnny Cash did the soundtrack to a Rob Lowe movie. Maybe we didn't discuss that uh, enough. <laughs> that should never have happened, is what I'm saying. Well, the payday was worth it. Oh, you got that right. Everybody sells out eventually. Don't ever think otherwise. always a woman you were talking about josh groban on stephen colbert with the accordion yeah and i completely made fun of it and then when i listened back to it when i heard it when i put it in the podcast itself it was unbelievable it really works right it was the greatest accordion piece i've ever heard in my life (laughs) it was special I feel like we've converted you to an accordion fan now. Uh, well, you were right. It was I was wrong, and I take responsibility for being a complete douchebag about the accordion. I don't think you're going to be able to convince me about country music, but it, this totally, yes, I was making fun, and I have to take it back and apologize. It was great. You've just been just out. Apologize. You've been just out. <laughs> <laughs> this, this never happens. My apology tour. Apology tour. Yeah. Now, next is we have to get you onto harmonica. That's the next thing. That's not going to happen. Okay. So one thing we didn't mention in this song was that there was a very popular UK ad in 2010 with a cover version. And Steve Hickman pointed this out also. So this department store named John Lewis, which I've been to in London, it's a really nice store. They had a commercial which used She's Always a Woman, and it became kind of a minor hit 10 years ago. The reason we didn't mention it, Steve, is because it was just too goddamn depressing and I didn't want to talk about it. It's my fault. The commercial, which you can see is very well done using this song, is just so it's like that. Uh, the beginning of the movie Up, you know, with Ed Asner and the balloon. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like just, this girl I, aging through her whole life. Oh, I couldn't. It was just too sad. So we didn't even mention it, except for the fact that the song was played by some guy named uh, Dangerfield, <laughs> which is awesome. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, why don't we use she's always a woman? She's always a woman to me, huh, you know? <laughs> and except, except when she's a man, am I right? <laughs> hey, you're okay. Real 
Greg Jacks pointed out this is one of the few songs that doesn't have Liberty's drums on it. Is that right? Yeah, it's a drumless track. I guess I always forget about that. I never think of it that way. Yeah, I never think about it either. And then we were talking about Richie Kanata playing the flute, which is so cool. But A. Jella wanted to point out that on the studio version, he's not playing the flute. It's a Mellotron. Right, right. Yeah, well, I did mention that I the flute was very obvious in that old gray whistle test one. I didn't, yeah, we like seeing him play it live, but yeah, it's not then, on the actual then, recording. Because then it was definitely a flute and it was and it was obviously caught my attention. So I could see how that would be a different instrument, I guess, uh, in the studio or when they maybe even do it live when he actually plays it live. I don't, I don't know if they were always using flutes when he would play it live. Uh, I think we've seen it more than once in those videos. So but I she's think always so. a woman. That's off the stranger. Right. So that was the seventies. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I get confused between our next song. But I know that I can't live without her. away yeah very similar title very different song but they're both nice ballads i like it a lot you like she's always a woman a little bit more i think right i I don't know they're uh yeah probably yeah right because i like that ending a lot i like that and the most she will do throw shadows at you (laughs) the sea shanty yeah that gets me going but with she's got away so I was really glad somebody mentioned this because I couldn't even believe it when it happened. I played that Sex in the City episode. Oh, yeah. Right? With yeah. Big and Aiden Friday. I found it. I played it on the podcast. And I swear I had nothing to do with it. The goddamn thing ends with New York State of Mind. Just a stroke of luck. Yeah. Couldn't believe it made it all relevant for feeling bad about putting a, you know, a clip of Sex in the City in a Billy Joel podcast. Everyone was confused. Like, why did you guys not mention that New York State of Mind is playing? I we didn't never remember. Yeah, I I didn't remember that part. I mean, geez, I and the I I get. Oh, I guess the reason they played it. I was trying to think because they were upstate. They they were out of Manhattan. They went to a country retreat upstate. I guess that's why they played it. But I couldn't believe it when I heard it. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe we didn't mention this. I wrote that immediately down for the wrap up. Uh-huh. To make sure, and I'm glad that that's why I was so glad. And I saw the Instagram when somebody was like, I can't believe uh, they played that. I was like, Yes, thank you for finding it. It's so funny because it's like such a the reference otherwise had nothing to do with the song, just more with like the situation that he was stealing his friend's girl. Then it still has Billy Joel in it somehow. Like, what's yeah. serendipity? Well, I was going to cut it out when she started talking, and then I'm like, Well, now I have to keep it because I can't believe they're playing New York State of Mind behind it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, also, I, folks, I have to apologize uh, for Alan's wife. Uh, obviously, <laughs> at one of the points, she uh, just slams the door twice in the episode. And the second time she says it, she does it as I say the word bitch, because I think we were talking about Elizabeth Weber. And then all of a sudden, Sarah slams the door. I've heard it on the, when I heard it back. And she obviously got insulted, thought I was talking about her. It's very clear. And I don't know why your wife takes it out on the podcast, but you really need to do something about her. She's got a way of leaving. She always slams the door, which always leaves Dave Juskow seething. (laughs) That's good. It's so funny. I mean, obviously, Alon's wife is the best and she's so polite, but it's I pick up everything when I'm listening because, you know, probably nobody else picked that up. But I'm like, 
you should see the crap I've given Alon for his mouse clicking. He got a quieter mouse, but then I found out his wife also hated it. I don't know why his mouse was the loudest mouse. This computer mouse was so loud, but he finally got a quiet one. So now I can rest in peace. Yeah. Now we're gonna... earlier. If you hear the earlier episodes, you hear him clicking away until I figured it out what it was. <laughs> yeah. We're going to re-record every episode through the peas <laughs> just to get better sound fidelity. Oh, some of that stuff drives me nuts. You know, I always listen to stuff like that. So I get upset. I get obsessed with making a quality podcast for everybody. But obviously, uh, your wife can come and go as she pleases because she is a delight. Thank you. <laughs> well, she knows, you know, love you. Yeah. Wife. No, I want to make sure the listeners know that she did not hear you say the word bitch and storm out. Well, that's why it's so that, funny. That was a that, joke, everybody. She she had no idea this was happening. Right, right. No, but it was so funny when I was listening. I clearly say the word bitch, and then you hear the door slam. Or I heard it. <laughs> Probably yeah. nobody else heard it or knew what it was. Right. Listen back, everybody, to that episode. Can you even point out where this is? I don't know. I, I listened to it. I didn't hear any, any door noises. No, why would you? You don't listen for those kind of things the way I do. It's not your responsibility. That's all mine. Yeah. So let's move on to She's Right on Time with one of the greatest Billy Joel music videos ever. I'm going to yes. say ever. It has to be. It's such an exciting, funny video uh, for a silly Christmas song. Um, and for some reason, Billy Joel says this is his second favorite song of all time. Who yeah. knows? And I just uh, that is a song that I would constantly sing just out loud really quickly again to myself. And, and I don't even know the words. I would just be like, turn on all the Christmas lights and try and be so nice and polite. And I didn't ever know what the words were, but I just yeah. always think that those first two just like, and it just comes at you. So that's it comes at you like, turn on the Christmas lights. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But uh, that's, yeah, that was a, that's a fun song. And I actually listening back, I, I, I loved listening to, I thought it was one of the best podcasts we ever did patting ourselves on the back. <laughs> that one, I, I just thought it was fun and, easy and it went quickly yeah it was fun we had two parodies so that's unusual but they were both they both worked all right and um gouty man can said he that your trivia that on that episode made his week what was it i don't remember i don't remember either oh <laughs> well thank you was it about christmas music <laughs> i really don't remember well whatever it was it was good rose m Harmon asked if it's common for jews to put up christmas trees it is not common it is yeah. not common. It is not normal. I can tell you this for a fact. Now, Alan would never have one, but my sister married somebody who's not Jewish. And when she was making out her map of like, all right, if we do this, because my sister's very religious, here's the way it's going down. And she gave him the three things. We have to go to temple three times a year. We got to raise the kids Jewish. And some uh, every once in a while, we have to lend my brother money. And he's like, wait, what does that have to do with marrying? Like, no, don't worry about that one. <laughs> and then uh, and he goes, all right, I'm just asking for one thing. Uh, we have to have a Christmas tree. And she's like, sure, absolutely. And then she just poo pooed that idea for the first 10 years. And then she's and then they had one. She's like, all right, I'm going to let you finally do it. And now it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to her. And she always talks about it. now my mother is not allowed to know about this, so she can't come over during that time of the year because she'll get upset. But my sister's like, no, you don't understand. She called me on Christmas Day. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Now, we all knew this. 
because, you know, as you know, Alon and I don't celebrate Christmas. We never had a Christmas morning, which sounds exciting and opening all those gifts. And my sister said it is the greatest and I've never experienced it. And Alon never has. and Maybe we never will. So it's a major bummer. But so I'm telling you, it is not a normal thing for a Jew to have a Christmas tree, even though in this day and age uh, you could. God, yeah. you know, when you see all those movies, we do feel left out if it's any consolation. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I've ever found underneath a tree is pine cones. <laughs> exactly. And those are much less firm presents. Yeah. Pointy. So we had a few comments about the music video, which is awesome, of course. Uh, Super Dave Awesome. <laughs> so his name is Awesome. <laughs> Super Dave Awesome says that this video is like the flip side to Pressure's video because both are songs about extremely frustrating situations. Mm. Or both are videos about extremely frustrating situations. This one is comedic. That one is dramatic. Oh, that's interesting. That's really great. Well, there and that's that's a great analogy for what Billy Joel is. You know, he's 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 one way. You know, he can do the as we've spoken about the good night Saigon, and then he can give you Uptown Girl, and that is um, an awesome way to be. And the reason why we love him because he gives us the little ditties we can snap our fingers to, and then makes us think. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, Bert Coast points out what may be a continuity error in the video. He says that the records fall off the shelf twice. Well, but, but, uh, it's, it's not a continuity thing. It's it's what that's what music videos did. They would just replay the scenes over and over. It was it was an artistic technique they used to use in the 80s for lack of, uh, you know, just being high and not getting enough uh -huh. footage. I thought maybe it was that like Billy, it falls off, then he like tries to fix it and then it falls again. So maybe there was a scene missing there where he reassembles. Nah, they, they used to do that all the time. If you watch any 80s music video, they just do the same thing over and over again. They just keep showing the same clips because they filmed it all in one day and they just wanted to move on. Mm -hmm. So to fill times or go to a next edit or something, they would just show it again, thinking like, well, you know, it's just a video. Who cares? But it's not the exact same shot. It's a different shot of them falling. So it's another take that they used. Again. Well, it's like the same thing when they're doing the head turns, those bad acting head turns, and then they do it again in a different location. Yeah. You know, nobody cared about a problem with it back then. But I just I just really wish we could have seen some of the albums like what they were. And I love yeah. your theory that they were all Cold Spring Harbor. Uh, <laughs> you know, once he was like, I really couldn't care less what happens to these. Yeah, that's why, that's why he doesn't own it anymore, because he destroyed them all at the music video. Yeah, right. I had a pile of them in my garage. I just bought them over. <laughs> oh, with the television on. All right. So the next one is Sleeping with the Television On, which might be when all of a sudden done my favorite song, my favorite Billy Joel song. I love it. I love hearing it again this morning. I guess I was thinking of the show and I was just singing it in my head. Like just while I was in bed, I couldn't get it out of my head. And I not like I was playing it or anything. It's just Diane. It's just such a good song. I'm so glad we played it. Uh, a note on the uh, on the Uncle Floyd clip, which I could not have been more thrilled. I did see somebody's DM comments that they loved the Uncle. Yeah, Floyd someone said that they loved that you mentioned Uncle Floyd. So in the in our version, we didn't talk about it, but I even made it more relevant about David Bowie. He in that song, he mentions that he's like he's talking about mugs. He goes to Yankee where the Yankees play. So I actually played the clip that he's referring to because it, then he's talking about three characters of Uncle Floyd, Oogie, Bones Boy and Muggsy. Uh -huh. And in the clip that I played, if you listened, it said Muggsy got 
hit by like a fan falling off the uh, rafters or something in Yankee Stadium. And goddamn Bowie mentions it in this song. How did you find that particular clip? I don't know. I don't I there must be people like me who are obsessed with that particular Bowie slip away song Mm -hmm. that did the research. Uh, I was very it was very difficult to find. It's difficult to find a bunch of Uncle Floyd stuff. But I believe the the first part, I, did I even put the first part on the part that's on the actual album? I mean, he plays some of the show on the actual album, I think. It's really so weird. And then yeah. I found out it was it was Lennon and Iggy Pop he was getting high with. I missed that part. <laughs> the three of those guys getting high and watching the show. Bones, boy, Muggsy, where the Yankees play. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> but thank you for appreciating it, whoever that was. Yeah, I forget. I don't have it written down on that that comment, but I saw that and that was pretty cool. And then our friend Gira Sola Sola Gira. I know I'm saying that wrong, but I love when you pronounce it that way, even though it's wrong. Gira Sola Sola Gira said that the show would be half as fun without Dave's obscure old TV references. Oh, good. Okay, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, that's half as fun. Yeah, the other way. No, it'd be twice as fun if you didn't talk about it. (laughs) Right. Okay. Several people said this was in their top 10. Some people said it was their number two song or their number five. Everyone loves this song. Oh, terrific. Jordan Ferber points out that the very same day that this episode came out when I did my parody called Jeopardy on the TV show Jeopardy that very night, there was a clue about Billy Joel. Oh, wow. Oh, how do you like that? That's interesting. It was a real easy one. It was like this piano man, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I guess it was a $200 question. (laughs) Yeah, it had to be. (laughs) So our final song we're going to talk about today is Sometimes a Fantasy. Yeah, fun song, crazy song, Billy Joel screaming at Russian lighting people. (laughs) Yes, that's right. So we were talking a lot about like, why would Billy Joel make music videos? Like he was so ahead of his time. How could he think of this? Frank Mercogliano said that the video premiered on the show Solid Gold. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. So I think this video was made like right, right after Solid Gold debuted and they would do like a weekly video of the week thing. And so yeah. this is from that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That'd be about right. Solid Gold came out about 80, 81, 82. Yeah. How about that? Right. They would just do it. You know, and we have this today and this and her and Marilyn McCoo. I think she was the host or something. And uh, and videos from Billy Joel. We were talking about how Billy Joel flipped over his piano and that it was probably a crappy piano he was flipping over in that Russia video. Yeah. But Greg Jacks said that what he tipped over was a Yamaha CP80, which was the main touring keyboard of the 70s and 80s. And it was actually pretty expensive. So he thinks they probably just flipped it back over and kept using it on the rest of the shows. Oh, (laughs) that's funny. That makes sense. Yeah, it didn't look like it was destroyed, but who knows? Good point. Nice one, Greg. Yeah. And B. Goldman says that that longer single version of this song is actually available on Spotify now. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's interesting. So weird. That's not on the My Lives thing. I mean, that is just so weird. What a waste of time that thing is. They just keep proving and improving it again, you know? Yeah. Coming up on Billy Joel A to Z in the next few weeks. Oh, oh, 
in the next few weeks on Billy Joel A to Z. So now you've heard what they thought of that song. Famous last words. This podcast ran too long. Stories, jokes, your hosts were full of silly anecdotes and so it goes. Another show about Billy Joel.